Welcome to the Mind Over Matter podcast with Heather Hakes, where mindset is everything. Thank you for joining me for today's podcast. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe and leave me a review. This podcast is designed to help open your awareness to the truth of who you are, a limitless being. You are worthy and deserving of an abundant and prosperous life. It's time to peel back the false beliefs and live the life you dream about. For additional resources or to contact me directly, please visit my website, heatherhakes.com. Without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. Welcome to episode number 547. In today's podcast interview, my guest and I are deep diving the idea of courage and living authentically, but most importantly, how to trust yourself in this lifetime. Welcome to today's podcast interview. I brought on Sandy Stream. Sandy, welcome. Thanks, Heather. Very happy to be here. For those new to you, please give a little background. Where do you live and what do you do? Um, so my name is Sandy. I live in Montreal. It's very hot today for a change compared to the freezing winters. Um, technically, I'm a lawyer, but um, the past couple of years, what I started doing is uh, writing and facilitating circles in Montreal and online courage circles, I call it. So I consider that really my primary passion right now. And if you could define courage, what does it mean to you? Um, I think in our world, and uh, it takes a lot of courage just to live um, in a certain way. So courage, um, it takes a lot of courage, first of all, just to be yourself. That's a huge one. And so to constantly choose that, that's every moment. It's not like I have to jump in front of a train to be courageous. I have to be courageous every moment if I'm going to follow myself or be myself. Pardon the interruption. If this content is resonating with you, please be sure to leave a five-star review. I want to offer you some additional resources. Visit my website, heatherhakes.com, and sign up for my free video training on how to reprogram your subconscious mind. I also offer one-on-one coaching. I will help you create clarity and a roadmap so you can live the life you dream about. Best part? Everything I teach, you can start implementing right now. To learn more and apply, visit heatherhakes.com. Now, back to regular programming. Uh, It takes courage to set boundaries, you know, when others expect you to do certain things or want you to do certain things and your internal uh, tells you no, that this is not right for you or good for you. And then having to set boundaries definitely takes a ton of courage, Um, takes courage to, you know, say no to events, family members, different things. It takes, you know, courage is everywhere. Um, just to get uncomfortable a little bit with your current situation and not uncomfortable, but to try something new or different that you don't know how it's going to go. But something inside you is saying, go this way, even if you don't really know why. So it takes courage because it's a bit of a, a leap of faith. You don't know what's going to happen if I leave this relationship, what's going to happen if and without knowing to choose it anyway because it feels right to do that or it feels good for you. So that takes a lot of courage. There's just so many things. It's it's a way of living in, in my view um, where you honor and respect yourself all the time. And that takes a lot of courage on a daily basis. Question for you, which I agree, having courage, uh, you know, something I talk about often is 
if you are not happy with where you're at, I hope you have the courage to change or to try something new, to uh, write. I know people that have written a book and are afraid of publishing it. And so, but something you said is a courage to be yourself. I feel like yeah. many people don't even know who they are. Oh yeah, that's absolutely so true and so sad, right? I mean, we, so many people are not, um, you know, listened to in the best healthy way from parents, right? So without that, it's very difficult to know yourself deeply. It's not impossible to start as an adult. Um, and that would be to start, you know, feeling yourself, feeling your emotions, feeling, just feeling yourself in a deeper way. Um, that might include a lot of painful feelings, obviously, but it's probably on the road to getting to know yourself deeply uh, in a deeper place than just your thoughts. So our thoughts are, you know, they're kind of, they can be almost like an escape, you know, they're a calculator, calculating things and comparing things and how's this going to be and what's this, but that's a thought. And then when we go into our body, um, our feelings, our heart space, our guts, all these kind of things, that's where you are. That's where you live. Um, and that's what I would say is being yourself a bit more in that uh, physical space um, as opposed to the thinking space. Well, on that note, and so many people are stuck in their head. I know Tony Robbins says, in your head, you're dead. But I hear from people often, they're, you know, they're up in the middle of the night, stressed, anxious, worried, overwhelmed, mm. all these things. And yeah, when you're overanalyzing, when you're, that means you're, you're up here and you're, I heard, I saw this recently. It was a meme, I think on Instagram, but it mm. said the longest journey any individual will take is the 14 inches from their head to their heart. Absolutely. Yeah. It's very hard to go to the heart space because if we didn't um, practice it, you know, we're kind of probably avoiding a lot of things, right? If we didn't do it regularly as a, as a child, you know, to go to the feelings or go to this, we're always kind of avoiding. So we're probably living in a bit of an avoidant state. Yeah. And it's hard to start to feel because we're going to have a lot of difficulty when we start to feel, but that's part of the process to becoming you, becoming a confident you and at peace you. So I would start like if it's in the middle of the night and, and it still happens to me once in a while, whatever, I'm overheated my head, I'm thinking about a lot of things or whatever. And, um, you just try any practice that brings you back to the body. So whether it's a yoga nidra or grounding our meditations put some kind of uh, even mantra sounds like anything that senses you know where you feel your body you can even try massaging your own hands or you know start to feel yourself again it will bring you back to the you know where you are as opposed to just thoughts which are not really here yeah another big one is breath work but on that note i think the word rather than i think the word to use is it's unfamiliar and so through conditioning and programming and habits, and, you know, if people have been, quote, this way for decades, disconnected mm -hmm. from their heart, their intuition, their internal guidance system, at yeah. first, I, I'll just share my personal experience. Sure. At first, it's uncomfortable because it's unfamiliar. Mm -hmm. 
But for me, like I was constantly busy. I call myself a recovering type A. I was busy. And I learned that back in high school, I worked a job and I was a cheerleader and going to school. And then I got to college and I'm going to school full time. I took a full load and I'm working full time and, and a social life. So all I knew was being busy seven days a week, social count. That's what I knew. Yeah. And to be alone with my thoughts was so uncomfortable. Now I want people to know that through my own life experiences and and seeking that happiness, fulfillment, the things that we're seeking, which we think are externally and they're not, I am now, I feel like I've done a 180. I love solitude. I -hmm. love silence. I'm not afraid of my thoughts. I've learned to observe them. So I'd love to hear from you, people who maybe are sitting in that space and and understand and resonate feeling like, yeah, I'm so heady. I'm so stuck up here, but they're, they're feeling like something's missing or, or they're seeking peace. Something you talked about is living in peace and power. What can you offer individuals on how to bridge that gap? I think you said it so well. I mean, anything that brings you back into your heart space. So there's so many practices and just choose one that feels like it might, you know, that feels right for you. And sometimes I would switch also. There's so many, you know, days of different things, but, you know, there's a lot of them where, you know, uh, a meditation where you're kind of breathing from your heart where you can do or, um, um, you know, all kinds of grounding practices, yoga, whatever kind of um, invites you, you know, we have a feeling internally, and we're all different that what, you know, I've always wanted to try this, or I've always felt I should try this. So I would just gravitate and trust yourself towards something that feels like it will help you. I do believe internally, we have like an internal guidance system, which tells us, um, go this way, maybe it whispers, it doesn't scream, Right. whispers you know try this or yeah call this person try it out and maybe just trust that feeling go towards that feeling because naturally I do believe our bodies go towards healing but you need to listen and then follow you know that that sound um so that's what I would suggest probably anything that feels right for you in this moment and there's no right and wrong you know you might try tapping self-massage there's like many many modalities of healing but choosing the one that you feel um is something interesting for you so that would be the beginning of trusting your own self and going towards something you feel you should do not okay you should go see this person go see the chiropractor go to this one go to no what you what do you feel would work for you that would be a better question and that's hard people do not trust themselves um, especially if they've never had anyone else trust them before. You didn't have friends or parents or others that say, you know, what do you think you should do? <laughs> They're always saying, go do this, go do this. Not, what do you think, Heather? What do you think is good for you? You know, those I are good questions. Something that came to mind is even following the joy. I rem- I think it's, it's not coming to mind, but there's, I love Disney movies now as an adult watching Disney movies there's mm-hmm. so deep meanings and metaphors in the teachings now, but um, shoot, I can't, I can't see the name of the movie, but it's this little guy. Anyway, the metaphor, the true teaching mm. of that movie was to follow your joy. So for some people, when you're, whatever creates like that presence and, and time vanishes, maybe it's painting or cooking or drawing 
a lot of people are are pulled to nature. Why? Because it's calm. It's peaceful. Yeah. It's not struggling. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But it's hard, you know, when you're pulled, you know, I think actually two weeks ago, our discussion was about what is helping and what is empathy. And, um, you know, we're trained, uh, as you say, or conditioned, whatever word, to be helping a lot, you know, to help others all the time. And um, we might not always realize that this is in order to get, you know, a, a certain feeling like, OK, I'm a good person if I do this. And the question is, well, what if you don't do that? What if you don't do the million things? Are You know, what are you deeply inside? And if you arrive at a different self-idea as opposed to I'm only good if I do A, B, C, D, E, F, a different view, if you see yourself or spend time with yourself, would, would be, well, I am good. Like, I'm, I'm good inside. There's nothing wrong with me. And if you arrive at that feeling or, or see yourself, um, in that way, you may not need to jump almost addictively to try to get points for helping people all the time, because those give you points of like, okay, I'm good. I did this. I did this for this one. I did that one. And that makes me okay. And that might give you some permission to spend time in nature or paint or do other things, right? If you just realize or ask yourself the question, why am I actually helping people? Why am I spending so much time doing that? Just ask for the truth without criticism, without putting yourself down, without right. looking down on yourself. Just what's the truth? Like, why am I doing it? You know, and working from the truth um, towards, you know, uh, feeling yourself in a different way. What's coming to mind is that I have found that mm -hmm. a lot of people have, quote, abandoned themselves mm -hmm. because they were seeking external validation and approval. Mm hmm. For example, something that's coming to mind, I, I've worked with many um, very successful men, very successful financially, but mentally, relationally, not well. And yeah. what I found is those men got validated and they were seeking worthiness by being, quote, successful. And so they have been financially and in business, but not personally. And so something I, I ask, it's just I ask them. They've never been asked this before. And I ask them, what is your definition of success? Mm -hmm. And one that's coming to mind for him, I mean, he's very multi-millionaire. And he's like, well, mm -hmm. it's being able to coach my kids soccer and, and going to jujitsu on Thursday at one o'clock. And that is his idea of success. And something you touched on is boundaries. He started saying no to things. Yeah. Because he was no longer seeking external validation and approval. So if people find themselves in that space of, wow, I, I do keep doing and I overgive because I'm seeking feeling needed or, or worthy, how can they seek that internally? Um, I think, again, everything starts with uh, feeling. So feeling for yourself. So let's say, you know, if you feel sad, you feel sad. If you feel empty to realize that you're feeling empty and to understand yourself, not criticize yourself for your feeling, to understand yourself for it. Um, and slowly but surely, I think just this level of kindness to the self yeah. um, could translate into many things. It does take courage, but it takes kindness. And a kindness is actually a very powerful mover. Um, it's not like just, oh, I'm kind. Kind could be very strong, right? We have... Um, 
We have like our soft and our strong side and to be kind to yourself actually takes a lot of strength. So perhaps this person that you're coaching decided, you know, I'm going to be kind to myself and stop maybe torturing myself doing these things for other people that I don't want to do. So that takes a ton of courage to say no to everything that he might have been taught or everyone thinks around him and now he's going to face a ton of criticism and who knows what so it does take courage to follow his own view on what makes him happy and it's a start of feeling like oh you know my life is worth being happy like you know his happiness matters right his his well-being matters and that's why he's doing that because he's starting to see he matters not just everybody else matters or the the image matters, but he matters deeply, yeah. right? So it's a it's a process to to start to see yourself as a full human being um, that matters in all aspects. Uh, it doesn't help it happen overnight, but I do think it's a natural process that happens if you spend time with yourself in your own heart. You know, you will see yourself for what you are, which is a human being, and that's all when everything else is like artificial. Well, even we're not even humans, right? We're spiritual beings in a human experience. Yeah, you can cut being so we can talk yeah. about your being. So I, I agree, many people can use the word, you know, your spirit, your soul, your heart, your energy, uh, many words, uh, different words resonate with different people, but seeing yourself as, um, yeah, whatever word I guess works for you, that you're not just a biological, you know, flesh and blood, but there's something internal there that's you um, that that exists on this planet for good reason. And so it belongs here. And that's why it's here. Something you emphasized earlier is, uh, you know, so many of us are so disconnected from our body and it's important to feel your emotions. And I, I think men especially have been taught to suppress, not express. And so, you know, for most people, I feel that it's very uncomfortable to feel sadness, to feel that anger, the whatever, but you know, I love the saying, you have to feel it to heal it. So what would you offer somebody? I mean, um, Dr. Joe Dispenza calls it sitting through the fire of discomfort, sitting through frustration, sitting through the impatience because, um, you know, emotions are energy in motion. It wants to be felt and released. What can you offer somebody that are like, all right, I'll go face those emotions. I'll feel it. I'll sit in silence and stop numbing out. But how how can you help them feel through that discomfort and knowing it's temporary? Yeah, well, first, I mean, everyone has to be ready. There's different times for different people and we can't rush, you know, ourselves if we're not ready. So that's part of being kind to ourselves. Um, But men, unfortunately, and women, I mean, we've had this demonization of emotions for about 5,000 years. And so we're cut off from our bodies, from feeling, right? You're not allowed to feel. Women shouldn't feel angry. Men shouldn't feel this and that. And, you know, it's uh, very sad, actually, um, to witness. Um, so I think one thing that helps, which ideally is done at a younger age, but if it's not done at a younger age, it's at any age, is to start just naming things. So, okay, you seem to feel upset. And then if you don't rush the other person um, or yourself, like 
just, okay, you're feeling upset without like, how do we fix this? What do we need to do about it? How am I going to you know help you? Because that gives a message, which is the opposite of what we were just saying, which is something is wrong with having this emotion. So if you are in the presence of another person having the emotion, are you able to sit with them and let them have their feeling without fixing it also? So that could be super helpful, right? Or, um, you know, or just labeling it, you know, you seem really sad and without jumping to fix, you know, that's why, as you're saying, to give it the time to process and be felt. So, um, you know, it helps if a person has support with their feelings. Sometimes we don't, sometimes we have to feel it on our own, go through it on our own, validate ourselves. Um, but if you do have a friend, it's so nice to have a friend who can, you know, sit and validate your feelings. It's unfortunately rare for the moment, but in our circle, I think many people are starting to learn um, how to allow another human being to just feel in their presence without uh, jumping to correct it or do something about it and just allow it to, to you know, energy in motion, if you want to call it that, to actually move through them. You know? Okay, something else is coming to mind that I, I wrote it down that I heard recently, and I love this because mm -hmm. it, it gives somebody a, an opportunity to um, respond rather than react. So when somebody comes to you, mm -hmm. you know, and, and you can straight ask them, but do you want to be helped? Do you want to be heard? Do you want to be hugged? Oh, that's nice questions. Right. And so even yeah. those, maybe somebody, the whole not wanting to be fixed, they just, they just need a vent. Oh, just yeah. Let them let it out. And then, so you're just a sounding board. No worries. Okay. You just wanted to be heard. But then if someone yeah. comes to you and it's like, okay, I'm seeking a solution. I'm feeling stuck. Mm -hmm. Now they want to be helped. Exactly. Yeah. And my kids uh, have been my best teachers in that. Mom, yeah. I didn't ask you for advice. Yeah. And so I would say you're right. Sorry. We didn't. And so I've learned, and it's still a process for me to learn to witness whatever they're having and not give advice unless they're asked. And so now I do like you, I'll say like, do you want to hear my take on it? Or do you want some advice on this? Or my, and sometimes it's yes. And sometimes it's no. Yeah. Well, and I think that's good asking permission. Yeah. Yes. Um, let's talk a little bit about boundaries because even I had a conversation with somebody a few days ago and she was sharing how she's moving back home and she's feeling obligated to have to see the grandparents. And one, I offered her like, it's a shift in perspective that you have a support system, how amazing that is to have that around, but it's okay to quote, set boundaries, expectations, whatever you want to call that, but some people don't even know what those are. So can we define what boundaries are? Uh, yeah. I mean, boundaries, I mean, some people use them as like, I'm going to make some rules, you know, for my life, how it should be. I don't think those are really boundaries. I think essentially or deeply boundaries are who you are. Like your boundaries are who I, who am I? Right. But they come out in pieces uh, in life as we get to know ourselves. But that's ultimately what we do. And if there aren't boundaries in a family, then they're all mixed in together. And so we all think this way or we all do things this way. But when we set boundaries, meaning like, no, actually, I don't like skiing or no, actually, I don't want to do this. That's not what I feel. So slowly, slowly, we're really building of who am I? No, actually, this I need to cry tonight or I'm sad about this or I think this. So that actually starts to define you slowly but surely by saying no too many things and saying yes 
to many things, including yourself, right? Saying yes to yourself on a regular basis. And so I do think a lot of times um, boundaries are used as a system of control, not as this kind of thing. And so I told you this is a boundary. You're not allowed to do this and this and keep telling the person what they're allowed to do and not allowed to do. That is not exactly a boundary in my view, because if the intention is to change control the other person, it's not exactly a boundary, right? A boundary is what's okay with me. What's like, it doesn't feel right with me. There's no rules about it. It could change. It could be temporary. It could be permanent. It could be, you know, like I'm not up to talking tonight. I really don't feel well. That's a boundary, right? Or so there's many and it doesn't mean you're selfish if you're setting boundaries. You can still listen to other people's views and still set boundaries, even if you're empathetic and understanding. Um, but for me, that is the beginning of getting to know yourself and living as you, as opposed to living as what you're supposed to be or in this idea of what, you know, who you're supposed to be versus who you truly are. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, really important. And it is not unkind at all. You know, even if we've been taught that forever, that, you know, taking care of yourself is selfish or setting boundaries is selfish. It is not selfish. It's absolutely a responsibility to yeah. take care of yourself. And it is your responsibility to set your boundaries and express them. That's the way I see it. But that's not a view I held most of my life, for sure. <laughs> well, and for me, I believe self-care is not selfish it's necessary yeah. so i i want to go back to something you touched on is the whole idea of of saying yes to what feels good and saying no to um not but i think it's also important to give yourself permission you can change your mind like of just course. because you said I, that's where i find myself in a space i used to plan especially my social calendar weeks if not months in advance and now I don't like, I don't commit to things a couple weeks out. Somebody asked me to make plans six months from now. I'm like, I, I, I can't do that. That doesn't feel good. And mm -hmm. even if I say yes to something, it's okay to, you know what, today I, I no longer feel like doing that. Yeah. And that's fair enough. And then whoever yeah. the other person is might be. So let's say as an example, let's say every single time, um, you know, that we're making plans, you know, at the last minute, you might say, I don't feel good to do this. I don't feel good to do that, whatever, right? That's fine. You're yeah. allowed. But then the other person can also say, you know, I don't want to make plans so often because it keeps shifting. Why don't we do once in a while? Because if it shifts for me, it doesn't ruin my calendar or, you know, and that's how people can interact uh, respectfully. Or they might tell you, you know, I understand you feel that, but can you at least consider this? And then maybe you'll think about that. And, you know, that's called healthy uh, communication and conversation. Yeah. yeah. I'm curious, what are some of your daily practices or rituals? Um, well, the first thing I try to do when I wake up is to do something of breathing, because if I go into my, and I do think my, you know, my brain is particularly capable of a lot of complexity and, um, you know, connection with many different things in a good way. I'm not talking about like the critical brain and the that kind of thinking, but the other one. Um, so I do try every single morning to start with something breathing, even if it's just lying on my bed and taking breath first, like that's gotta be the, the, literally the first, first thing that occurs in my day. 
Um, and other than that, I mean, I used to meditate a lot more, but now I think I, other than movement, which is critical, I also try to spend, if I feel myself getting too revved up in the day, which I do, because I'm excited about a lot of things too. So part of learning to feel, it's not going to be only feeling pain and sadness. You're also going to learn to start to feel excitement and joy and all the other stuff too. So it's a whole package. So if I do feel myself a bit too revved and excited about a million things, which happens a lot with me, I have to uh, maybe sit on the floor and do nothing a bit or close my eyes or what we call palming. So palming is very powerful for me where I literally put my eyes in the full pitch black um, for a few minutes. That does uh, wonders for me, but different people have uh, different things. Definitely try to eat well, sleep well, move, whatever the usual things. I love that. And I guess the word that comes to mind is it's mindfulness practices, right? Yeah. Different things work for different people. Yeah. 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 Coming back to the calm and the me and the, you know, back in perspective. Um, I have a question for you regarding what we've talked about, courage and creating like that inner peace and power. What do you believe is one key takeaway you want listeners to get? Um, the one key takeaway I think I, I wish I had heard most of my life, which I didn't, uh, would be to trust yourself. Just trust yourself deeply. Listen to yourself. Listen to that soft nudge inside that tells you, try this, go to this, talk to this. Um, and um, I think your body will lead you in the right direction. Yes, I love that. I'd love to ask you a few rapid fire questions to wrap up the interview. Okay, sure. <laughs> what is a quote or motto that you live by? Uh, Oscar Wilde has a quote. It's called, be yourself. Everyone else is taken. I love that. You know, <laughs> What is a book you're currently reading or highly recommend? A uh, book I highly recommend. I like the poetry of Rumi. Um, I just finished somebody's book. I mean, I've read I think in my life so, so much, actually. I'm one of those people who've read so much that I've currently um, chosen to stop reading and doing other things. So it's not something I feel like doing so much of right now compared to how much I was reading before. It's just not for me right now. It's interesting you bring that up because I find myself in a similar space. But I also came from a, you know, I was, I was seeking, seeking, seeking all this knowledge. And I'm very much now into a stillness, peace, not seeking so much. So it's it's nice to hear someone else on that path. (laughs) Final question. What advice would you give your younger self? I would give my younger self the advice of uh, being kinder to myself. Just be kind to yourself. Because as I mentioned earlier, a lot of us are taught just to be kind to others and not direct that towards ourselves. That's definitely what I would tell myself. I love that. and so important. Sandy, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much, Heather, for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity to speak on these topics, which I just think are so important uh, in our world. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. I'd love it if you could leave me a review and remember to subscribe and share this episode with your friends. 
If you haven't yet, connect with me on the social platforms. You can add me on Instagram at heather.hakes and subscribe to my YouTube channel. I'll catch you on the next episode.